Section twenty seven of the Ego and His Own. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Ego and His Own by Max Stirner. My Intercourse, Part Four. Punishment follows crime. If crime falls because the sacred vanishes, punishment must not less be drawn into its fall for it too has significance only over against something sacred ecclesiastical punishments have been abolished why because how one behaves toward the holy god is his own affair but as this one punishment ecclesiastical punishment has fallen so all punishments must fall as sin against the so-called god is a man's own affair so is that against every kind of the so-called sacred according to our theories of penal law with whose improvement in conformity to the times people are tormenting themselves in vain they want to punish men for this or that inhumanity and therein they make the silliness of these theories especially plain by their consistency hanging the little thieves and letting the big ones run for injury to property they have the house of correction and for violence to thought suppression of natural rights of man only representations and petitions the criminal code has continued existence only through the sacred and perishes of itself if punishment is given up now they want to create everywhere a new penal law without indulging in a misgiving about punishment itself but it is exactly punishment that must make room for satisfaction which again cannot aim at satisfying right for justice but at procuring us a satisfactory outcome if one does to us what we will not put up with we break his power and bring our own to bear we satisfy ourselves on him and do not fall into the folly of wanting to satisfy right the spook it is not the sacred that is to defend itself against man but man against man as god too you know no longer defends himself against man god to whom formerly and in part indeed even now all the servants of god offered their hands to punish the blasphemer as they still at this very day lend their hands to the sacred this devotion to the sacred brings it to pass also that without lively participation of one's own one only delivers misdoers into the hands of the police and courts a non-participating maker over to the authorities who of course will best administer sacred matters the people is quite crazy for hounding the police on against everything that seems to it to be immoral often only unseemingly and this popular rage for the moral protects the police institution more than the government could in any way protect it in crime the egoist has hitherto asserted himself and mocked at the sacred the break with the sacred or rather of the sacred may become general 
a revolution never returns, but a mighty, reckless, shameless, consciousness, proud crime, does it not rumble in distant thunders, and do you not see how the sky grows persistently silent and gloomy? He who refuses to spend his powers for such limited societies as family, party nation, is still always looking for a worthier society, and thinks he has found the true object of love, perhaps in human society or mankind, to sacrifice himself to which constitutes his honour, from now on he lives for and serves mankind. People is the name of the body, state of the spirit, of that ruling person that has hitherto suppressed me. Some have wanted to transfigure peoples and states by broadening them out to mankind and general reason. But servitude would only become still more intense with this widening, and philanthropists and humanitarians are as absolute masters as politicians and diplomats. Modern critics inveigh against religion because it sets God, the divine, moral, etc., outside of man, or makes them something objective, in opposition to which the critics rather transfer these very subjects into man. But those critics, none the less, fall into the proper error of religion, to give man a destiny, in that they too want to have him divine, human, and the like. Morality, freedom, and humanity, etc., are his essence, and like religion, politics too wanted to educate man, to bring him to the realization of his essence, his destiny, to make something out of him, to wit, a true man, the one in the form of the true believer, the other in that of the true citizen or subject. In fact, it comes to the same whether one calls the destiny the divine or human. Under religion and politics, man finds himself at the standpoint of should. He should become this and that should be so-and-so. With this postulate, this commandment, every one steps not only in front of another, but also in front of himself. Those critics say, you should be a whole free man. Thus, they too stand in the temptation to proclaim a new religion, to set up a new absolute, an ideal, to wit, freedom, men should be free. Then there might even arise missionaries of freedom, as Christianity, in the conviction that all were probably destined to become Christians, sent out missionaries of the faith. Freedom would then, as have hitherto faith as church, morality as state, constitute itself as a new community, and carry on a like propaganda therefrom. Certainly no objection can be raised against a getting together, but so much the more must one oppose every renewal of the old care for us, of cultural directed toward an end, in short, the principle of making something out of us, no matter whether Christians, 
subjects or freemen and men one may well say with feuerbach and others that religion has displaced the human from man and has transferred it so into another world that unattainable it went on with its own existence there as something personal in itself as a god but the error of religion is by no means exhausted with this one might very well let fall the personality of the displaced human might transform god into the divine and still remain religious for the religious consists in discontent with the present men in the setting up of a perfection to be striven for in man wrestling for his completion yet therefore should be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect matthew five forty eight it consists in the fixation of an ideal an absolute perfection is the supreme good the finus borinum every one's ideal is the perfect man the true the free man etc the efforts of modern times aim to set up the ideal of the free man if one could find it there would be a new religion because a new ideal there would be a new longing a new torment a new devotion a new deity a new contrition with the ideal of absolute liberty the same turmoil is made as with everything absolute and according to hess e g it is said to be realizable in absolute human society nay this realization is immediately afterward styled a vocation just so he then defines liberty as morality the kingdom of justice equality and morality i e liberty is to begin etc ridiculous is he who while fellows of his tribe family nation rank high is nothing but puffed up over the merit of his fellows but blinded too is he who wants only to be man neither of them puts his worth in exclusiveness but in connectedness or in the tie that conjoins him with others in the ties of blood of nationality of humanity through the nationals of to-day the conflict has again been stirred up between those who think themselves to have merely human blood and human ties of blood and the others who brag of their special blood and the special ties of blood if we disregard the fact that pride may mean conceit and take it for consciousness alone there is found to be a vast difference between pride in belonging to a nation and therefore being its property and that in calling a nationality one's property nationality is my quality but the nation my owner and mistress if you have bodily strength you can apply it at a suitable place and have a self-consciousness or pride of it if on the contrary your strong body has you then it pricks you everywhere and at the most unsuitable place to show its strength you can give nobody your hand without squeezing his 
the perception that one is more than a member of the family more than a fellow of the tribe more than an individual of the people has finally led to saying one is more than all this because one is man or the man is more than the jew german etc therefore be every one wholly and solely man could one not rather say because we are more than what has been stated therefore we will be this as well as that more also man and germans then man and guleth etc the nationals are in the right one cannot deny his nationality and the humanitarians are in the right one must not remain in the narrowness of the national in uniqueness the contradiction is solved the national is my quality but i am not swallowed up in my quality as the human too is my quality but i give to man his existence first through my uniqueness history seeks for man but he is i you we sought as a mysterious essence as the divine first as god then as man humanity humaneness and mankind he is found as the individual the finite the unique one i am owner of humanity am humanity and do nothing for the good of another humanity fool you who are a unique humanity that you make a merit of wanting to live for another than you are the hitherto considered relation of me to the world of men offers such a wealth of phenomena that it will have to be taken up again and again on other occasions but here where it was only to have its chief outlines made clear to the eye it must be broken off to make place for an apprehension of two other sides toward which it radiates for as i find myself in relation not merely to men so far as they present in themselves the concept of man or are children of men children of man as children of god are spoken of but also to that which they have of man and call their own and as therefore i relate myself not only to that which they are through man but also to their human possessions so besides the world of men the world of the sense and of ideas will have to be included in our survey and somewhat said of what men call their own of sensuous goods and of spiritual as well according as one had developed and clearly grasped the concept of man he gave it to us to respect as this or that person of respect and from the broadest understanding of this concept there proceeded at last the command to respect man in every one but if i respect man my respect must likewise extend to the human or what is man's men have somewhat of their own and i am to recognize this own and hold it sacred their own consists partly in outward partly in inward possessions the former are things the latter spiritualities thoughts convictions noble feelings etc but i am always 
to respect only rightful or human possessions the wrongful and unhuman i need not spare for only man's own is men's real own an inward possession of this sort is e g religion because religion is free i e is man's i must not strike at it just so honour is an inward possession it is free and must not be struck at by me action for insult caricatures etc religion and honour are spiritual property intangible property the person stands foremost my person is my first property hence freedom of the person but only the rightful or human person is free the other is locked up your life is your property but it is sacred for men only if it is not that of an inhuman monster what a man as such cannot defend of bodily goods we may take from him this is the meaning of competition of freedom of occupation what he cannot defend of spiritual goods falls a prey to us likewise so far goes the liberty of discussion of science of criticism but consecrated goods are inviolable consecrated and guaranteed by whom proximately by the state society but properly by man or the concept the concept of the thing for the concept of consecrated goods is this that they are truly human or rather that the holder possesses them as man and not as unman on the spiritual side man's faith is such goods his honour his moral feeling yes his feeling of decency modesty etc actions speeches writings that touch honour are punishable attacks on the foundations of all religion attacks on political faith in short attacks on everything that a man rightly has how far critical liberalism would extend the sanctity of goods on this point it has not yet made any pronouncement and doubtless fancies itself to be ill disposed towards all sanity but as it combats egoism it must set limits to it and must not let the unman pounce on the human to its theoretical contempt for the masses there must correspond a practical snub if it should get into power what extension the concept man receives and what comes to the individual man through it what therefore man and the human are on this point the various grades of liberalism differ and the political the social the humane man are each always claiming more than the other for man he who has best grabbed this concept knows best what is man's the state still grasps this concept in political restriction society and social mankind so it is said is the first to comprehend it entirely or the history of mankind develops it but if man is discovered then we know also what pertains to man as his own man's property the human but let the individual man lay claim to ever so many rights because man or the concept man entitles him to them 
because his being man does it. What do I care for his right and his claim? If he has the right only from man and does not have it from me, then for me he has no right. His life, e.g., counts to me only for what it is worth to me. I respect neither a so-called right of property or his claim to tangible goods, nor yet his right to the sanctuary of his inner nature, or his right to have the spiritual goods and divinities his gods remain an unaggrieved. His goods, the sensuous as well as the spiritual, are mine, and I dispose of them as proprietor in the measure of my might. In the property question lies a broader meaning than the limited statement of the question allows to be brought out. Referred solely to what men call our possessions, it is capable of no solution. The decision is to be found in him from whom we have everything. Property depends on the owner. The revolution directed its weapons against everything which came from the grace of God, e.g. against divine right, in whose place the human was confirmed. To that which is granted by the grace of God, there is opposed that which is derived from the essence of man. Now, as men's relation to each other, in opposition to the religious dogma which commands a love one another for God's sake, had to receive its human position by a love each other for man's sake, so the revolutionary teaching could not do otherwise than, first, as to what concerns the relation of men to the things of this world, settle it that the world which hitherto was arranged according to god's ordinance henceforth belongs to man the world belongs to man and is to be respected by me as his property property is what is mine property in the civic sense means sacred property such that i must respect your property respect for property Hence the politicians would like to have every one possess his little bit of property, and they have, in part, brought about an incredible parcellation by this effort. Each must have his bone on which he may find something to bite. The position of affairs is different in the egoistic sense. I do not step shyly back from your property, but look upon it always as my property, in which I need to respect nothing. Pray do the like with what you call my property. With this view we shall most easily come to an understanding with each other. The political liberals are anxious that, if possible, all servitudes be dissolved, and every one be free lord on his ground, even if this ground has only so much area as can have its requirements adequately filled by the manure of one person. The farmer in the story married even in his old age, that he might profit by his wife's dung. Be it ever so little, if one only has somewhat of his own, to wit, a respected property, the more such owners, such cotters, the more free people and good patriots, has the state. 
political liberalism like everything religious counts on respect humaneness the virtues of love therefore does it live in incessant vexation for in practice people respect nothing and every day the small possessions are brought up again by greater proprietors and the three people change into day labourers if on the contrary the small proprietors had reflected that the great property was also theirs they would not have respectfully shut themselves out from it and would not have been shut out property as the civic liberals understand it deserves the attacks of the communists and proudhon it is untainable because the civic proprietor is in truth nothing but a propertyless man one who is everywhere shut out instead of owning the world as he might he does not own even the paltry point on which he turns around proudhon wants not the proprietor but the possessor or unsuffrater what does that mean he wants no one to own the land but the benefits of it even though one were allowed only the hundredth part of this benefit this fruit is at any rate one's property which he can dispose of at will he who has only the benefit of a field is assuredly not the proprietor of it still less he who as proudhon would have it must give up so much of this benefit as is not required for his wants but he is the proprietor of the share that is left him proudhon therefore denies only such and such property not property itself if we want no longer to leave the land to the landed proprietors but to appropriate it to ourselves we unite ourselves to this end from a union the society that makes itself proprietor if we have good luck in this then those persons cease to be landed proprietors and as from the land so we can drive them out of many another property yet in order to make it our property the property of the conquerors the conquerors form a society which one may imagine so great that it by degrees embraces all humanity but so-called humanity too is as such only a thought spook the individuals are its reality and these individuals as a collective mass will treat land and earth not less arbitrarily than an isolated individual or so-called proprietor even so therefore property remains standing and that as exclusive too in that humanity this great society excludes the individual from its property perhaps only leases to him gives as a thief a piece of it as it besides excludes everything that is not humanity e g does not allow animals to have property so too it will remain and will grow to be that in which all want to have a share will be withdrawn from that individual who wants to have it for himself alone it is made a common estate as a common estate every one has his share in it and this share is his property 
why so in our old relations a house which belongs to five heirs is their common estate but the fifth part of the revenue is each one's property proudhon might spare his prolix pathos if he said there are some things that belong only to a few and to which we others will from now on lay claim or siege let us take them because one comes to property by taking and the property of which for the present we are still deprived came to the proprietors likewise only by taking it can be utilized better if it is in the hands of us all than if the few control it let us therefore associate ourselves for the purpose of this robbery instead of this he tries to get us to believe that society is the original possessor and the sole proprietor of imperceptible right against it the so-called proprietors have become thieves if it now deprives of his property the present proprietor it robs him of nothing as it is only availing itself of its imperceptible right so far one comes with the spook of society as a moral person on the contrary what man can obtain belongs to him the world belongs to me do you say anything else by your opposite proposition the world belongs to all all are i and again i etc but you make out of the all a spook and make it sacred so that then the all becomes the individual's fearful master then the ghost of right places itself on their side proudhon like the communists fights against egoism therefore they are continuations and consistent carryings out of the christian principle the principle of love of sacrifice for something general something alien they complete in property e g only what has long been extant as a matter of fact to wit the propertylessness of the individual when the law says ad regis potasis omnium petronet ad singulus proprietus omnia rex impero possident singuli dominio this means the king is proprietor for he alone can control and dispose of everything he has protestus and imperium over it the communists make this clearer transferring that imperium to the society of all therefore because enemies of egoism they are on that account christians or more generally speaking religious men believers in ghosts dependents servants of some generality god's society etc in this too proudhon is like the christians that he ascribes to god that which he denies to men he names him the proprietor of the earth herewith he proves that he cannot think away the proprietor as such he comes to a proprietor at last but removes him to the other world neither god nor man human society is proprietor but the individual End of section 27 Recording by Elaine Webb,
Bristol, England.